Hey, this is Scott, and you are listening to the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. This episode is episode 11, and it's going to be a little bit different. Will is out of town this week, and so Tony and I decided to join each other for lunch over tacos at La Priya in Athens, Georgia. So please enjoy this different approach to a podcast, and here we go. What's up? I just rolled up. It's a little fallish out here. Awesome. Hey, Hi. we have a party of two. <laughs> party. Party. Party, party of two. Here. Yeah. And can we sit outside? Yeah. Because the weather's like perfect. perfect. Can we sit outside and have bar surfs outside? Yeah. Some yet. <laughs> <laughs> and free shots of water. Really? Oh, so nice. That's so awesome. I spent a long time since I've eaten here. Oh, it's good. Sit wherever we like. Yeah, so it's definitely waiting since last Saturday on location. How are you doing? How are you today? How are you? Fine, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing him on the phone. Oh. I mean, well, I'm holding a phone, but I'm using it as an interview device. I'm seeing if I'm going to hire him. Should I hire him? Um, I don't know. Should he? Should I, should I hire him to yeah. work for me? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he looks trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Uh, we're in radio. Radio? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, kind of, sort of. I have a face for radio. I have a face for radio. Yeah. Where can I get you to drink? Uh, agua. Purely water. Okay. Thank you. So what was the inspiration? I mean, just the thought that Steve Spurrier's done. You know, done. I got home Saturday night, about an hour and a half after the game ended, and I sat down and I was just looking through Twitter and I saw someone had posted it was a, it was only six minutes somebody posted his post game I was like I've got to hear this and it was just as I was listening I was like okay that's a sound bite ooh that sounds good oh that's funny oh yeah and you know I was watching it I was like this is perfect and so I started thinking about it and then yesterday just what I did was I broke up all of the good sound bites there were about 80 of them and I typed them out, and they were all really short answers. And so then when I started reading through them, and I was like, okay, I'll just build a story around the sound bites. And so that's how I did it. But it was fun to do. And then when I played it for my wife, and she started laughing because she has no real frame of reference. Mm-hmm. And she thought, it was, I was like, okay, this will be good. Sure and so it. it might be something that I start doing further, like with a Gus Malzahn, a salty Nick Saban, you know. Right. Um, it could be the case. I thought it was good. Thank you. Um, did you did you watch any of the Fine Bomb show last night? Or I mean, apparently it got salty. Both Alabama and Auburn fans salty last night. I watched the college football daily with them interviewing Fine Bomb, but I didn't see the Fine Bomb show. Apparently, it was there was a lot of hilarity. I bet, I bet, because both teams. I mean, I wonder how many times in the history of Auburn and Alabama, which. You know, that's not even debatable because that goes back for like 100 years. But how many times recently they've lost on the same day? I mean, it probably hasn't been regular. Can you remember a recent time? I, I want to say it happened last year, did it? Or no, Alabama was undefeated. It happened well, a couple years it, ago. I mean, it, it's altogether possible when Alabama lost to Ole Miss last year or Auburn lost. I mean, they were 8-5, and five, so. Yeah, yeah, it probably did happen last year. Yeah. What do you normally get? I usually just get the Mexican-style tacos. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. They're good. Did you see what Southern's coach uh, said yesterday about we're going to play Canadian rules and they're going to play American rules football? 
Mm. I, does that mean they're going to punt on third down? I don't understand. No, they're I didn't see that. They're going to start Tracy Ham, that quarterback. Tracy Ham was the Southern quarterback that was that won a Grey Cup with, I'll say the Baltimore Stallions or whatever they call them, the Baltimore in a CFL franchise. The only non-Canadian team to win the CFL. Was that when they briefly expanded down south? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been 96 or 7. The only reason I remember, I lived in Maryland at the time, and also Tracy Ham was a thing because he was Georgia Southern. Hambone offense. The Hambone, that's right. Also notice that Dawson Odoms was on Paul Johnson's staff at Georgia Southern for a year. Is he the head coach? He's head coach. So do they run that style of offense? Um, that's a great question. One I don't have an answer to. I have to assume they throw the ball some because they have a couple of receivers that have triple-digit yardage. They're a human joystick. What's his name? Willie Quinn. Is that right? Yeah. The kid from Miami. He's got um, some something ridiculous number of yardage already. Of course, they've scored like 50 points, 50 points, and even against Louisiana Tech, what? Well, they didn't score 15, but they've scored 50 their past two games, and you know that's comparable uh, competition. Well, I, I think the thing that I'm – wanting to make sure doesn't happen is that there's been a lot of good college football teams this year that have looked really bad facing below average or FCS competition. See Ohio State versus Northern Illinois last week. I mean, they could barely squeak out a win. Of course, everybody knows Auburn versus Jacksonville State a couple weeks ago. But then think about Missouri last week against UConn. Two weeks ago against Arkansas State. I mean, look, Northern Illinois is a, a fairly good MAC team. So comparing them to Jacksonville State, who's who's a playoff FCS team? Yeah, they absolutely will be in the playoffs this year. Well, you know, I've wrote down some questions for you. Oh, good. First, 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 give me anything new or any kind of update on a player position, coach, uh, scheme, strategy, awards, whatever, since we spoke on uh, Sunday. Well, I mean, I think we've pretty much all seen that Grayson Lambert was the co-offensive SEC player of the week with Leonard Fournette. Which actually made sense. I was thinking after we got off, uh, got done on Sunday, whether it would be Grayson or whether it be Fournette. And I like that made him co-offensive players of the week. You can argue that Fournette's is a little more impressive. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, Nick Chubb had the same number of carries and only 30 less yards, but Fournette had a 70-something yard run. So And he was destroying would-be tacklers from Auburn. Yes, he was destroying would-be tackler, former Georgia players from Auburn. So... Um, uh, you know, I thought Grayson Lambert, uh, that was a great honor for him. And it, it was absolutely deserved. I mean, I went back and rewatched his game Sunday afternoon, and it was just amazing. And he made all the right decisions. I mean, he just did. I mean, every time, every time I, I saw him drop back, he was actually checking off. And as he got confidence in his, in his ability to throw the ball in his receivers, after about the fourth or fifth pass, he knew he could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... He had a great look off on a deep pass. My, the one I talked about on, on the show that came that dropped on Monday, where he looked at Malcolm Mitchell, who was open on the scene. It was a perfect look off where he, for a half second, froze, uh, froze the guy and dumped the ball off to I want to say Sony Michelle, and it was Michelle for 12 yards. Um, and let's be clear, throwing the ball to Sony Michelle is never a bad thing. <laughs> right, right. This is one of those games where I would be really surprised if we. You know, I'd be very surprised if we don't see the starters uh, be done by halftime. Look, take another way from Southern. Southern's going to win the SWAC this year probably, or certainly play in the SWAC championship game. They're a very good football team. You strip away everything else, but with 
the, the lack of depth that Georgia has. And, yeah, they, they are very cognizant of what they're coming in here to do. They're going to win the Battle of the Bands. That's they're what they're going to do. They're going to win the Battle of the Bands. And I'm going to talk about the human jukebox in a little bit. <laughs> but, um, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that there's nothing Georgia's going to do here that's going to make anyone particularly satisfied because by all rights, I mean, this could be, it could be 42 nothing at half. I don't think it will be. Uh, that's not really who we are. I think if it looks like we're eating them up, we're going to do some things to put the brakes on because Coach Rick, for, for all, all the awesomeness we saw last week with the pooch kick and everything else, um, he's, he's not mean-spirited at all in this way, particularly to a team he realized our coach. I mean, it was his idea to call the game off against Will Monroe uh, because that game was over and it's no need to get people hurt. Grayson Lambert's uh, Grayson Lambert's numbers to be, you know, in the neighborhood of 15, between 15 and 20 throws. You know, Nick Chubb to get 10 to 12 runs. And, and you know, we'll see a lot of Marshall, a lot of Douglas, a lot of Bryce Ramsey in the second second half. Okay. Go ahead, Tony. Uh, I would like a, a spinach quesadilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, a veggie tamale. And a fish taco. Fish taco? I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, I've seen this before. It's just kind of one of those games that there's going to be a lot of kids in the stadium. I think, uh, I think this is that breather because there are no breathers after this. Even our last two non-conference games versus in-state teams, Georgia Southern and Georgia Tech, one who beat us last year and the other, Georgia Southern, who's very capable yeah. of beating us. You know, they're not your, what, your dad's Georgia Southern team playing him. <laughs> yeah yeah playing us uh where they had no chance i mean they could get on a roll and really do some damage but i think this week what i'd like to see is a nice dose of our first team offense first team defense to go maybe halfway through the second quarter and for the game to be so out of hand that we see fatone balta or bryce ramsey in there and then a lot of the young pups on defense i mean they're already playing a lot of freshmen so let's see some more of the freshmen out there, like Rico McGraw yeah. and Trent Thompson, DeAndre Walker. Yeah, uh, I think he's going to be really good. I mean, you watch him on special teams, and he's around the ball. He might not be making the tackle, but my the reason why I know so much about DeAndre Walker, number 15, is because my son's name is Walker, and he already identifies with him and says, Daddy, I want a number 15 jersey. So uh, we've been watching a lot of DeAndre Walker on special teams, and he it, has a nose for the football. And he was the one that blocked the punt in the UL Monroe game too. So, yeah, I think part of what I'd like to see is those young guys. I mean, at South Carolina's last score drive, they had at one point we had nine freshmen on the field, which is great. I mean, the game was completely in hand, and we saw the same thing against uh, Vanderbilt with their last score and drive. But it'd be great to let, let those guys get a, couple, a quarter, a quarter and a half of full straight on play, and we'll have a good sense of what our defense is going to look like in two years. Because let's remember, we have a very young defense right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any reps those guys get, uh, especially at game speed, is good. You know, talking about Southern, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing their band. You know, we if you've never seen, listen, if you've never seen the the Southern marching band, the Human Jukebox. You need to Google some of their stuff and look at it. They are just really, they are nonstop, just straight up, straight pure energy. It wouldn't surprise me if they play the entire 60 minutes, play while they're filtering down the field. I did receive confirmation that they will march uh, at Sanford Stadium on Saturday. They will they will perform at halftime. So, Yeah, I read um, the article in the Athens Banner Herald yesterday where the band director, Nathan Haymore, 
said, we're going to do something special for Ath- for the Athens area. And then he continued saying something specific to this area. So it makes me think, are we going to see a little James Brown? Are they going to throw in maybe some REM? Bubba Sparks. <laughs> and uh, uh, some big boy. and Yeah, yeah, maybe some outcast. Yeah, I love that. That would be awesome. So I'm looking forward to it. All those people out there with their kids that are going to go to the game this week and how usually once halftime hits, you kind of like, all right, let's head for the exits. Do yourself a favor. Wait an extra 20 minutes. Your kids will be enthralled by it. Because last night I pulled up on YouTube the Southern Band because my boys were going. And I was like, look, check these guys out. And it was like something straight out of Drumline. Oh, yeah. Um, like the movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it was fantastic and, and completely entertaining. And all three of my kids were crowded around my iPhone for eight minutes because their set took eight minutes where they were performing at the Battle of Bands in the uh, Louisiana Superdome uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Saturday's going to be one of those days. Um, look on the weather, upper 60s, a, chance, a good chance of rain. This is one of those games where I think you alluded to a few minutes ago that it could be a letdown game. It, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if we, you know, stagger around after last week and, you know, mess around and this thing's – you know, uh, only a couple, three scores at halftime. Um, I think the only downside of that is that you, you find, kind of feel compelled as a coach to play your starters a little longer than you want to because this is the kind of game where, other than knocking the rust off a few plays, you might want to run to make Alabama think about there are no, there's no good reason to leave your starters in once you get it to a three-score lead. You know, and we could say, well, you know, Jacksonville State this. Southern is not in the same realm as Jacksonville State as far as um, – what they bring to the table. And I think it's pretty easy to see Georgia's much better than Auburn. Now, I'm not saying there's a transitive property at work here, but, you know, I think it's important for fans to show up, to be loud, because it's going to be a quiet stadium to start off with, with a new kickoff, a lot of kids. And uh, when you look at the weather, the possibility of a lot of people saying, you know what, I'm just going to stay home this week. Especially considering Alabama being the 3.30 kickoff, and people are kind of like recovering from the 6 o'clock kickoff People might be taking a break, uh, and let me encourage people to go. I'm taking I'm taking two of my children. And, Why not all three? Uh, because I'm my wife and daughter are going to be in Philadelphia watching the listen to the Pope, uh, the Pope oh, speak. Wow. Yeah, they're going to Philadelphia. Uh, they leave Thursday night and going up. They uh, I have tickets to one of the one of the speeches or maybe one of the masses. I don't remember which one. And then so I'm taking the other two kids with me, and, and we're gonna we're gonna have some fun. Um, I, I hope so. I, we have some. I have a couple obligations Saturday morning outside of the tailgate but we're you know we're going to go we're going to have a big time we're in we're, we're heading into week four of the year and as I've been watching ESPN and listening to other podcasts and talk shows people are already you know it's kind of the obligatory I guess you fill in two minutes of time but people are already kind of putting their Heisman top three or top four do you have kind of in your mind, like who you've seen. I mean, I guess Leonard Fournette might be at the front, even though he's only played two games uh, because of LSU's first game being canceled. But who would be your top three? I know preseason we were all over Boykin for TCU, but is he still up there for you? Um, Probably not. I mean, it's hard to say after just three games. It's easy to make projections about the whole season, right? I mean, you know, clearly Boykin was one of the examples where we thought he was going to be much better. He hasn't been very sharp. Hank Fournette and Nick Chubb both have distinguished themselves on the running back side. I still think, uh, as I was, Connor Cook at Michigan State is, has to be getting looks. You know, beyond that, I think there's a whole lot of guys out there who can who are still absolutely in this thing. The hard part about a running back winning it is a running back has one bad game, they're out. A quarterback can have a bad game. 
because a quarterback can turn around and have a gaudy game. A running back, however, can have a lot of good games and then have one spectacular game. And then the hard part about for Leonard Fournette is that, look, if Leonard Fournette comes in and you know, does this against Auburn, but then four other guys and Nick Chubb do it against Auburn, it's not nearly as impressive when the voters start voting in, in late November. What about the chances, and I'm just kind of going on a limb here, but game days uh, out in Tucson this week, UCLA at Arizona. Josh Rosen, the fabulous freshman for UCLA, if he steps it up and has a blistering game, I mean, Arizona's ranked. Yeah. You know, and then UCLA continues to win and goes on to have a close to undefeated season. Would Jimmy Mora you know, start touting him as a potential Heisman candidate? Yeah, I mean, you know, you could see that. Um... It's still a little early for quarterbacks because a lot of teams haven't really gotten into conference competition. And that's probably why Fournette and Chubb are getting the notice is that Georgia's played two conference games, LSU's played two conference games. So they've done it against Power 5 competition. Now we can make it. We can make the argument that Vanderbilt, although I still think Vanderbilt's going to have a better defense than South Carolina and Auburn, uh, Auburn and uh, South Carolina aren't you know, cream of the crop Power 5 conference teams. But they are. And Josh Rosen, with the national with the national ABC game, has an opportunity to make a statement game tonight. So the other part about it is that he's going to have to put up some really gaudy numbers in order to, to make you know any sort of noise down the road because they've got a couple of games against tough, tough defenses coming up that just really are going to be loaded for bear for him. And I saw that uh, Scooby Wright will be back for Arizona for oh, this week. he will be this week. That's oh, what I, thought, I, that's what I, I saw on the crawl. At least a month. Uh, I thought it was be a month. I could be time. wrong, but I think I saw that out of the corner of my eye. I mean, I'm, I don't really follow Rich Rod football out in Arizona that closely, but I did think I uh, saw that. I think he's the next coach at Alabama when Nick Saban steps down this season. Hasn't he did already I been offered? What? I don't know. Hasn't he already been offered the job and turned it down once? Uh, yeah, probably. I don't know. No. I, who, has, who hasn't been offered, no, he, Mike Rich, Rich, offered that job? Rich Rod was uh, at West Virginia, and he turned down the Alabama job. Didn't well, he? Well, I don't know. that. I mean, yeah, probably did. I mean, if you believe rumors. I mean... The, the 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 thing about it for me is that why it's going on. The hard part about a kid on the West Coast is that, that he's going to have to stand out in these these highlight games because, like it or not, with the late kickoffs on the East, they're at a disadvantage. You know, who has Carson Palmer won the Husband Trophy at USC, uh, but I mean he had like four national games, including including a game on the road at Notre Dame. Uh, that was a you know was the middle of the afternoon when there is a little bit of an East Coast bias, especially in the Heisman, because more of those guys get to see those game, all the games. It's just it just is right, right. So segueing from the Heisman top three to the current top twenty-five. Now I'm not going to ask you about the whole top twenty-five, but the top five is especially interesting this week, where it's two Big Ten and then two Big Twelve, and then. We've got Ole Miss, you know, at number five. So, what would be your top five right now? And do you think UGA is appropriately ranked at seven? I can't argue, but I, I mean, here's the thing about rankings, and I, you know, I do, yes, I do a ranking, a power ranking of the SEC at uh, the Georgia Sports Blog, and I had Georgia second behind Ole Miss. So, I feel comfortable with where Georgia's ranked. The way I look at rankings, especially this time of year, is that these things will work themselves out. TCU and Baylor play each other. Ohio State, Michigan State play each other. Those things will work themselves out, and you know, all you have to do is keep playing football and winning. I mean, that's what that's what you have to do. You cannot argue with the the rankings. You know, I probably could nitpick a little bit, but you know, at the end of the day, it's it's hard to say that 
Ohio State is a definite number one. They're they're no longer unanimous like they were uh, after the game against Northern Illinois. But the, here's the thing. I, to, sorry to cut you off, but Ohio State looks vulnerable, but they're not going to lose any games unless they lose to Michigan or Michigan State because their schedule, a la Brett Belima. Am I saying that right? Yeah, sure. Why not? All right, whatever. Bert. Uncle, yeah, Bert. All right, a la the Arkansas coach. I mean, he's correct. They don't play anybody, and they might be vulnerable, but, you know, it's just the luck of being in the conference they're in. Well, I think that's part of the equation, but so what you're saying is Northern Illinois is better than every other single team in the Big Ten that they play? I think that's really the question. You think they could beat Illinois? Oh, well, yeah, they'll beat <laughs> Illinois. It's just, it seems like to me is that, you know, Ohio State has some issues. If they still keep looking bad, do they put Braxton Miller back in there? I don't know. I mean, he, he seems – it's almost like they've got the best player on the team just kind of mitigated. Maybe a slot receiver and a sometimes right wildcat back, quarterback. Wildcat option, yeah. I think what will be interesting to me to see what happens with that is that rankings assume where we are right now, not really where we're going to be at the end of the season. That's part of my problem with saying, oh, well, you know, we went in a beat rank, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you look where they were ranked at the end of the season. I'm trying to think of a good example of what year it was. Oh, maybe it was the six and seven season. Oh yeah. Uh, you know we were ranked fairly high going into the season. Made a big deal about oh, we beat you know seventh ranked Georgia. Well, Georgia wasn't really seventh ranked, right? I mean. Oh, who beat seventh ranked Georgia? Uh, that would have been the year we played. So Oklahoma State on the road was the six and seven season. That was ten. Yeah, that was a bad start. Yeah, whatever whatever season that was. Uh, yeah, we were ranked at that time, but that's purely a best guess. I think you have to look at where you are at the end of the season. Like, you know, we always like to beat Auburn, right? We love to beat Auburn. Auburn was 8-5 last year. And, yeah, we whipped their tails, and, and it was probably the less impressive defensive showing, but we're not, by no means, we're not the only team that beat them like that last year. So that's that's where I come from with the rankings. Yeah, really the only rankings that matter to me are the ones that come out on December the 9th or 10th out of the committee. I, I just, I don't, I mean, I post them at blog. I don't get too fired up about them uh, because, you know, the committee, I don't think, pays too much attention to the rankings. They might a little bit, but at the end of the day, are Ohio State, Michigan State, Mississippi, BYU, TCU, the top five teams in the country? Probably. Are Georgia, UCLA, uh, Notre Dame, even maybe even Alabama, still as good. Uh, yeah, I think they're all belong in the same conversation. So, but you know, you, if the distance between one and nine isn't that big, it doesn't really matter where they fall. Right. All right. Well, then what we will do now is we will get in our picks. Is Wilson in his ten facts or whatever? If he sends them, he sends them. Okay. You know, if he makes it by our deadline. Okay. <laughs> I was just the reason I was curious is because. I was going to list all their alumni. Uh, Mel Blunt played at Southern. Uh, uh, who, Lou, Mel Blunt, Lou, Lou Brock. Lou Brock. Also, Bob Love, who Who's is that? the second leading scorer for the Chicago Bulls history. Mm. So I would have never guessed. You could have given me 50 choice of chances, and I would have never guess that right. I what? mean, I know who, who the second leading scorer, scorer in Chicago Bulls history is. I mean, everybody knows it's Michael Jordan's the first. I would have said Scotty Pippen. Right, anybody. Yeah, right. I'm not going to tell you who replaced Michael Jordan in the lineup. Um, that's Rusty LaRue, by the way, former Wake Forest quarterback. Oh, 
that's the kind of step down that that Chicago endured. But yeah, it's just I just saw that was kind of interesting. Wow. Um, also, Aeneas Williams, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Famer, the cornerback. Yeah. He he went to Southern. Okay. Hey, this is Scott, and I wanted to jump in real quick during the lunch that I was having with Tony to give you Will's picks, because Will was not able to join us. He is in Champaign, Illinois, and he will be attending the Middle Tennessee State-Illinois game this week, and he sent me his picks shortly after we finished recording. So, Will, I didn't want to leave you out, so here are your picks. Will has Illinois beating Middle Tennessee State, LSU over Syracuse, no surprise there, Mississippi giving Vanderbilt their third loss of the season. South Carolina getting back on track over the fighting Georgia Learys of UCF. Oregon without Vernon Adams. <laughs> I think that's his last name. Uh, over Utah. Georgia Tech beating Duke. Georgia Southern going all the way up to Idaho and beating Idaho. Texas A&M and Kevin Sumlin giving uh, Brett another loss. Missouri over Kentucky. And he has Auburn. That's kind of a surprise, as Auburn played pretty poorly last week. They've actually played pretty poorly all year. Uh, He's got Auburn beating Mississippi State. Arizona State over Southern Cal. UCLA over Rich Rodriguez, Arizona Wildcats. That's right, they're the Wildcats. And then Tennessee breaking the streak against Florida. Tennessee's lost 10 in a row to Florida. So those are Will's picks, and good luck to you, Will. And good luck to everybody else out there making picks. Now, back to the show. All right, so what we're going to do, we're going to start up with the strangest game of the week, and that is the undefeated LSU Tigers going up to undefeated Syracuse, or as my um, seven-year-old used to call him, Searsauce. Searsauce. That's how he would pronounce Syracuse. That is a 24-point LSU favorite right now. I, there's no way I can't pick LSU in this game. I mean, just and for no other reason, Syracuse hasn't faced a running back like Fournette. Um, I think Syracuse is probably better than Auburn, or at least as good as Auburn. Maybe not, but certainly as good as, and we saw what happened last week. Yeah, I've got them. I don't usually give my confidence values, but that's my highest confidence value of the week. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I've I've also picked uh, LSU. I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Next game is Vanderbilt at, wow, Mississippi is feeling it again. And they've got Vanderbilt rolling in. The spread is 25 and a half. And, yes, we're not using spread for the picking, but that's just for information purposes. But that is an interesting number. That's kind of high. Yeah, but i got to say, I mean, there's, there's no way you can't pick Mississippi after what happened last week. You know, Vanderbilt's uh, – I think Vanderbilt's a better team. I've said that pretty consistently, especially after watching them play. Vanderbilt's problem is the schedule works really against them. They have Texas A&M and Mississippi from the West. Those are not easy outs at all by any stretch of imagination for them. Yeah, you got to pick Mississippi in this in this one. I agree. I think it shouldn't even be close with this. I don't. I don't even really have any insight for it. I'm not even going to pretend. So we'll just move on to Georgia Tech at Duke. I bet Georgia Tech wishes that was a home game, back to back road games. You know, going to going from you know Notre Dame Stadium to sleepy what Wallace Wade Stadium. Duke had Northwestern last week and hung around for a while. And if you're watching that game, nobody was there. So Tech's really going to have to pull themselves up for this week. Yeah, but Duke's biggest problem is they can't stop the run. Notre Dame did a great job of stopping. Uh, but first off, Notre Dame got ahead, which is what you have to do with Tech. you gotta, you got to get, get a couple scores up on them. The second thing is that 
Notre Dame's defense is substantially better than Duke's. It's an easy George Tech pick for me. As I'm chewing my taco, <laughs> I would also say... Yeah, waiting since last Saturday on location. Yeah, yeah, we are on location. And I am finishing up my second taco. And I also, <clears throat> as I'm... <laughs> and I also pick George Tech. Oh, our next game is fun. I, I don't know if you... If you're interested, you can listen to... And if you haven't already, which I'm sure you have. But if you listen to Waiting Since Last Saturday, episode 10, I scored an exclusive interview with Coach Steve Spurrier. And so that's our next game. Central Florida comes to Williams-Brice Stadium to take on the Fighting Mad Gamecocks and really kind of listless Gamecocks. They just, I'm not sure they really have much to throw at them, and I think they're pretty lucky that a horrible, and let me say that again, horrible Central Florida, George O'Leary coach team comes to Columbia this weekend. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, so Central Florida, I don't know if you saw this. This is uh, Tuesday afternoon right now. Uh, Central Florida dismissed their starting running back, their former all-conference running back today. There's going to be a press conference, but you know, lack of something along the lines of team failure to abide by team guidelines and rules. They played Central Florida played three quarterbacks against Furman, and they lost at home. So this is kind of a get-right game for South Carolina. Unless something really, really funky happens, South Carolina wins this game. I agree. Uh, the points are about two touchdowns. <laughs> they might not cover. They, they might win, but they just are so pedestrian right now on offense. I mean, who knows? But I do think, hands down, South Carolina will win that game. Yeah. Okay, the next one is, we could call this the Cliff Kingsbury game. Texas A&M at Arkansas. <laughs> A&M's got a, about a touchdown favorite, and can it get any worse for Belima? I mean, he two weeks ago he lost to Toledo, then last week there was something personal with Cliff Kingsbury. And if you haven't heard his presser, I had it on ESPN, and my wife was walking through the room, and she stopped and was like, is that a college coach? When did they start making college coaches attractive as, as that man right there? I think so, it's funny you think your wife doesn't follow Cliff Kingsbury on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> she probably does. Yeah, she was kind of like, oh, I have never seen him when she probably is on his uh, fan page all the time. Anyway, uh, Cliff Kingsbury had some choice words for Belima, dating back to a uh, summer Texas high school coach the convention where Belima was dog in uh, Texas Tech because basically they throw too much and he was saying you have to run the ball in the SEC. Well, that was before they lost their starting tailback, Williams. And now they're, they've are they got this big, beefy offensive line and nobody really to tote the rock. And when you have uh, Brandon Allen throwing it 50-some-odd times a game, it's kind of like... That's a bad look. Yeah, That's a bad look. Yeah, it's, it's not good. So, Kingsbury, to sum up, and I've done a really good job of not summing this up very well, <laughs> but Kingsbury... Bet- basically said we they got beat last week we kicked their ass this week and they're going to get their ass kicked by texas a&m next week yeah um the only interesting thing about this or two interesting things one brett believe doesn't know when to be quiet and it's awesome he is just going to be he's going to be burt burt's going to be burt and the second thing is is that the only way this is better is after texas a&m beats them texas a&m's not as nearly as good as we thought after watching arizona state the past two weeks they're still much better than Arkansas. It'd be interesting to see if Kevin Sumlin makes some comment about Texas. Because, you know, the thing is, is someone has to recruit in Texas. Yeah. And that's what that was all about is, you know, Brett was 
basically trying to distinguish himself from the Texas programs, but the way he did it was basically make it sound like he was smarter than 90% of all Texas high school coaches, of which Cliff Kingsbury's father's one. Oh. I mean, that was a personal thing for Kingsbury. I think I think Kingsbury scored 75 if he could have. I honestly do. <laughs> Um, can, so, can we please see them in the maybe the Liberty Bowl oh, heading no, yeah, <laughs> this year? Yeah. I'm not sure Arkansas would have enough wins for it. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Uh, so, yeah, if someone makes some comment afterwards about Texas high school football or something, someone someone is both subversive and funny. Some of his Twitter stuff is like really, really backhanded subtweet kind of stuff, yeah. which is fun. So it'll be interesting to see if someone comes up with something really interesting, especially if he beats them by the same score or something like that. Yeah. All right, next game, Middle Tennessee at the Fighting Will Leeches. This is a hard game. Three weeks ago, I said, no, it's easy, Illinois. Illinois looked bad last week. Now, North Carolina is not a great football team, uh, and Illinois gave up an awful lot on special teams, two punt returns for touchdowns or something like that. Their running back, Ferguson, looked pretty good, though. Yeah, so – I'm going to still say that Illinois wins, but it's going to be a back-and-forth game because Middle Tennessee State's a pretty good football team. Will, we got your back. We both have Illinois this week. Next game used to be one of the biggest early SEC games of the season for the mid-'90s and the early 2000s. And Tennessee is at Florida. Is, is that streak still intact where Tennessee hasn't beaten Florida in a certain amount of years? Well, I thought Tennessee – no, Tennessee didn't win last year, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember who. I think streaks on tag. I don't know. I have to look it up. Did uh, you Did you see the internet meme of the records of like fourteen and fifteen under Derek Dooley's face and fourteen and fifteen under Butch Jones' face? Yes, I have seen that. I, I don't, I'm not saying because Butch Jones is a lot a lot more savvy than Derek Dooley was. Uh, don't get Barbara mad at you. No, trust me, Miss Barbara, if you're listening. Uh, I, I hope you have more things to do than listen to us. But if you are listening, by no means am I talking bad about Derek. But, you know, Derek was never really connected with their fan base in the way that Butch Jones has. I think Butch Jones has more, more time. He's also recruited much better. So having said that, I have a very similar feel, especially going into this year. Like this was the big year. It's not to say that Tennessee still can't be that team. It's just that this is the kind of game they got to win if they want to show it. Yeah, Tennessee has to win, and because Tennessee has to win and they're playing at Florida, I'm going to pick Florida. I'm going to pick Tennessee. I think Tennessee is better than Florida for a change uh, for the first time in a while. And, you know, Florida really needed some breaks to beat beat them last week. I don't know that playing at home is going to be that big to make up the difference. Um, fortunately for Tennessee and Bush Jones, they're going to get more than two and a half quarters of football out of their team. Uh, I think they're going to get three and a half quarters. Florida's going to make a comeback, but still lose. Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Mississippi State at Auburn. <laughs> uh, I mean, Auburn. God bless you if you're an Auburn fan. Last year was tough, and with Muschamp over there running the defense, it's been tough so far this year. Even in the games they've won, the defense has not looked great. This is one of those games where. You just want to like pick the great quarterback and move on. Here's the problem Auburn has had. They don't defend the run game very well. That's not really what Mississippi State does. They throw the ball. Yeah. Now, now their offense absolutely goes through Dak, uh, Dak Prescott. And having a good quarterback, uh, as we a couple of good receivers uh, with with uh, 
Jacksonville State. Now, I just said they ran the ball, but they, they actually they were really effective at setting up their passing game with the running game. You know, I'm inclined to pick Mississippi State here. Uh, I would put really low confidence points on this, but right now I'm saying Mississippi State, but I'd reserve the right to change my mind after I look at it later in the week. Yeah, Auburn's a three-and-a-half-point favorite, but I agree with your statement where you said this game's all about the quarterback and the better quarterback's going to win. I just got to think that Dak Prescott's going to win a couple games for Mississippi State this year just by, all by himself because he's that good. Yeah. Next game, I, I vote to spend 30 seconds on this game. Number 25-ranked Missouri, 3-0. They looked awful last week at Connecticut at very, very disappointed and sad Kentucky. I think Kentucky beats them by three touchdowns. That is a statement right there. I, I had forgotten who I picked, but as I look at my paper, I also picked Kentucky, so maybe there's something to that. I think that was about 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> next game, UCLA at Arizona. This is where ESPN game day is going to be. We already spoke about Josh Rosen. We spoke about Arizona's stud linebacker, Scooby Wright, who if you haven't heard of him already because he's <laughs> out there in Tucson and really, I mean, you don't hear much out of Arizona, even though they're pretty daggum good football team. You will be hearing him a whole lot after he gets drafted by the Cowboys uh, after this season. I just, he just seems like a Cowboys linebacker to me. But that's neither here nor there. UCLA is playing at Arizona. I've got UCLA. No real reason behind it. I don't know much about the Pac. I don't know much about the Pac-12, but you know, and I'm not a fan of Jimmy Mora. But I've got UCLA. I don't really have any reason behind it. I like their helmets. <laughs> wow. We, what, what time? We're, what, 47 minutes in before you mention uniforms. I think Arizona wins this game. It's a home game. I think the teams are fairly evenly matched up. Scooby Wright coming off an injury. Who knows what that's going to mean for him? Uh, is he going to play tentative? Is he, has he been working out? Is he going to come in fresh after, you know, hadn't played in two and a half games? But I just think Arizona wins this game. Uh, I, you know, I don't have any real sense other than they're at home and it feels right to pick them at home. Everything okay? Yeah, it's it's weird. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Are you I'm, done with this? I'm, I'm very done with that. Okay. Let me go get the Thank box. you. All right. 18th ranked Utah. I mean, there's another Pac 12 showdown of ranked teams. 18th Utah at <coughs> number 13 Oregon. Oregon's favored by two touchdowns. Oregon has not looked good. And because they haven't looked good, and I think, how many points did Georgia State score on them last week? 28. That's way too many to let one of the worst football teams, maybe high school or college football teams, to score four touchdowns on you. So I'm going to go with Utah. Yeah, I'm picking Utah, too. Uh, Vernon Adams won't be back from the injury he suffered a couple weeks ago. Uh, Oregon's defense is a real concern, much more so than normal. They're going to have to outscore people. Utah, and it's not a hard pick. Now this is an interesting game. Last week, Georgia Southern, uh, I mean, last week, Georgia State trekked all the way out to Eugene. And then this week, their fellow Sunbelt GSU brethren, Georgia Southern, is going out to Moscow, Idaho, to play in the Kibbe Dome against the Idaho Vandals. Is this the longest in-conference road trip any team has to make, the Idaho, Georgia State? Did I read that somewhere? That would not surprise me. Well, I mean, outside of Hawaii, I guess. Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii's not in the Big East, are they? Because that would be... <laughs> West Virginia's in the Big 12. Uh, yeah, it's... it's... It's still not that long from Morgantown to Texas, uh, Lubbock. So, um, 
you know, Georgia, Georgia Southern looked better last week. You know, they didn't play great against uh, Western, uh, Western, Western Virginia, West Virginia. But you know, I think I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick them here. I don't know. Idaho has played a couple of, of tough games, but I still think it's. Uh, I still think they win. I agree. I'm all over Georgia Southern this week. I think that they are going to be just showing up with their one loss that they got to West Virginia, if I can speak correctly. They're going to be showing up in Sanford Stadium in November with only one loss because I think that they are that good. So I'm going to go with Georgia Southern against Idaho. Idaho has not been good since they surprised everybody about three years ago when their coach talked you know, real funny like the guy from Major League. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. And that will also be funny to those of you who get that reference. Was it? Wasn't George Southern's first national championship game in that stadium in Idaho? Do I remember that right? I have no idea. No, it's Tacoma Dome. Maybe the next year they played there. Yeah, that was Tacoma Dome also. Okay, so the last game that we're picking this week... I mean, I'm wrong already because I picked Southern Cal to win the national championship. <laughs> well, Southern Cal's not out of it, but I know they uh, it just they doesn't feel like they sure are. gave up a lot of points to the Stanford team that looked bad early. But having said that, you know, I don't think they, um, I don't think by any means they're out of the conversation. But like a team like Alabama, they now have no room for error. They can't lose a second game. They're favored against Arizona State, and it's in uh, Tempe. Yeah. I think I think they beat Arizona State this weekend. Arizona State has looked dicey, uh, being very polite about it. Um, you know, I have some Southern Cal friends. I actually some they're coming out for the uh, Alabama game, Georgia Alabama game, and he is so ready. He is so done with Sark. He really is. But the thing that I've, I've seen about Sark coach teams is like they 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 play terrible one game and then just look lights out the next week. So he's actually good. He's not good at getting them ready for a big game or a game that they should uh, they should absolutely win. But he's really good at getting them back up for another opponent the next week. I think Southern Cal wins. I agree. That's interesting that both California teams or both Los Angeles teams are playing at both Arizona teams. Yeah, and I think that, if I remember right, that's kind of a thing because I think both Arizona teams go to Los Angeles the same weekend too. They should do a joint game day. They could legitimately this, this year had Arizona, I don't know. How interesting would that have been if Southern Cal had not lost last weekend and Arizona State was undefeated? I don't know. That's kind of a stupid comment. But anyway, that is going to wrap us up. Or that's going to wrap our picks up this week. Hope uh, hope to see you in Sanford Stadium on Saturday. Get there early. Be loud. Support these guys because they are playing some lights-out football. And take your kids. I'm just say go dogs. I think that's good. We, and, Will, we miss you. I would give a 60 seconds on Illinois, but I don't know enough about Illinois to give 60 seconds. Can you do? Can you fill in and do 60 seconds of Illinois? I, I mean, I, I still think they are absolutely in the hunt based on the way they played earlier and looking at their schedule for six wins, seven wins maybe. Uh, I, thought they, I think they had to win North Carolina this week to get to eight wins, and losing to North Carolina hurt their chances at seven wins. But still – you win six six wins after you're firing your coach the week before football starts, and you go to a bowl game for the back to back bowl games for the first time since uh, what's eight nine years ago. That's that's good enough for Illinois. I think that's that's good. That's all I got. That's that's all we need that's all for we Illinois. Need. Yeah.
Yeah, I want I want to get in the habit of ending on go dogs. That's all. Okay, so Just, you want to try that again? Yeah. See you Saturday, go dogs. That works for me. That's all I got too. Let's see if I can sign off here. Usually I kind of script it out and practice it. But I just finished up lunch with Tony. We made our picks. We talked about Georgia versus Southern University, the Jaguars of Southern University out of Baton Rouge. And that does it for this week's podcast. So if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, make sure to follow us at WSLS Podcast. If you want to follow Tony on Twitter, his handle is at Tyler Dogden, that's D-A-W-D-G-E-N, I think. If you'd like to follow me, Scott Duvall, on Twitter, it's at Jawavi Films. That's, <laughs> it's at Jawavi Films. That's at J-A-W-A-V-I Films. And, of course, Will Leach, who was not present this week, he is somewhere in Champaign, Illinois, teaching a class or leading a talk on journalism, I think. But don't quote me on that, Will. His Twitter handle is at William F. Leach, and that's Leach spelled L-E-I-T-C-H. So thanks for joining us this week. I hope your respective teams that you root for do well this week. And listen out for us on Monday morning for our week four post-game podcast. Take care, and we'll see you on campus. Bye.